You're listening to Of Sights and Men with Benji and Jacob. A Daily Magician Production. Hello and welcome back to Of Sleights and Men. Uh, I'm very excited today to be joined by a special British guest. Uh, It's, for me, a wonderful day. Um, I've got the sun blazing down, but it sounds like it's a a little bit different over there. Um, So by by way of introduction, um, (laughs) I'm I'm joined by Christian Grace. Uh, Hello, hello everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he is a incredible magician that I've had the pleasure of knowing for a good few months now actually it's gone quite fast uh you might have heard of some of his projects such as level one uh, and pluck which were produced through uh, vanishing ink um he had runs his own membership um he's consulted for different magicians he's good friends with a lot of well-known uh British magicians uh, and is constantly creating original uh great magic and it's been my, my pleasure to know him for a while now and we decided it's kind of strange when we have one of these kind of like uh, already have a relationship and it's like, well, should we do a podcast? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that's kind of the position we're in right now. Uh, so yeah, it, was that a decent introduction, Christian? I don't know if that was the best, but yeah. That was lovely. Thank you very much for such a warm introduction. Um, it was nice and wholesome. I, I've only ever done one other podcast than this. So I do sort of wonder when I'm supposed to start talking. So. Yeah. <laughs> You could go on and on and on, and I'd just be sitting there nodding like, yeah, that's my name, that's where I'm from, it's (laughs) definitely raining over here. No, um, thank you for the introduction. It's a pleasure to be here and to to do this podcast with you. And yeah, it's long long overdue, so it's good to be here. Perfect. Well, let's start with it. I'm not even going to say what I usually say, because I usually say, this is the cliche question, but I'm just going to start asking it rather than that. Um, How did you get into magic? What's what's the origin story? How, How did it all begin? It started um, probably similar to 99% of magicians. I I hear this story quite frequently, but like when I was about five, my parents um, gave me a, it was a hand-me-down for my sister, which was a box set of magic. Mm. Uh, And I subsequently, you know, just fell in love with it and got the bug, you know, at that age. And then since then, just, just haven't really stopped. I've always returned to it. You know, I wanted to be like, you know, a magician, an astronaut, a chef, uh, a pole <laughs> dancer, you know, many different things uh, at that age. And uh, magic just stuck with me the whole time and everything else fell, fell away. So here I am now doing card magic predominantly. Uh, but yeah, a lot, long, long time now. I'm 32. So mm. goodness me, this whole, whole journey is, it's been a long one. Yeah, I think it's. It's it's interesting, like that you you say that it's it's kind of interesting to what Andrew was said when he came on the podcast. Andrew Frost, um, he was talking about how it just kind of it just stuck, <laughs> like it just didn't go yeah. away. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's it's interesting. It, it does feel kind of one of those things. I don't know. At least for me myself, it was kind of those things. One of those things that kind of phased in and out in my how much attention I gave to it, but always mm. has just been there, you know. And then, like Absolutely. you said, just like randomly one day it's just like oh now i do magic a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's the sort of thing you can't you can't switch off when when it takes over and when it's leading your your every day and it leads the mind you sort of realize you're in it for the long game um Mm. it's it's one of those things that never stops surprising me um no matter how much i learn there's always more uh and the attention that i give it each day is just where I want to be so it's amazing to be part of this community and to do this wonderful thing mm. and so yeah I'm interested obviously I mean uh, you know 32 so you, you've been in the game for a for, for a good amount of time now what when did mm. this become when were you like okay magic full-time or is that even happening? yeah <laughs> no it has it's a good one yeah like when I was a teenager um I went from doing uh, well, actually, it, I'd say it was around the age of 20, because it was when I started uni, I was doing a lot of gigs um, to sort mm. of pay, pay my way at uni. I studied jazz piano at uni, so I was doing no music. Which, yeah, That's so I was so doing sick. sort of 
creative. Um, I was very creatively inclined, so to speak. So I was thinking like magic would be something that just I could ju basically balance my time with. You know, when I got fed up with the piano, I'd, I'd turn my attention to magic and back and forth. Uh, and then it just became a hand in hand thing. You know, when I got booked to do jazz trio at weddings and stuff, I'd always then offer, offer my services as a magician and they just went hand in hand for a long time. So that was when I started to actually uh, consider it as a profession. Uh, before then, it was just a hobby, but a strong one. Huh. That's kind of cool. I mean, can you tell me more about like jazz piano? Because my, my wife, she studied at Berkeley. And so, wow, that's like, amazing. As in the College of Music, and they are super hardcore yeah. on. In fact, the the one bit of magic, one bit of piano. So she's she's a pianist as well. Also, she <laughs> she does composition. Um, and so, the one bit of of piano actually that she Incredible. really struggles with is jazz. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. How how did you how did you get into jazz? How did that begin? So I my sister always used to play the piano. And I always used to want to, mm. but I never, I just never had another, another hand me down. <laughs> it was a, a lot heavier, heavier and an impractical one to carry. But, um, but she was so good at comp composition and she just played for the love of it. She's self-taught and I always looked up to her doing that. So somewhere in there was, was that she taught me how to play a few chords and things as a, as a kid. And that's when we suddenly realized we had to, we're doing A-levels and we suddenly had to realize, you know, what are we actually going to go on to do at uni? So I really wasn't sure at the time, but the, the one thing I did like was the piano. So I just started to take it way more seriously then. Um, but because I hadn't had a classical uh, training sort of foundation uh, in, in piano, I started playing using my ears, you know, it, I would... Right. Um, we had a piano in the house. I went to a boarding school, so I was actually living there. Um, and I used to just take some tapes and stick them on and just try and copy the sounds on the tape. So it started like that. And then I, I really got the bug for it. So I went to the music department and the head of music was very encouraging. He said, oh, I'll get your lessons. So I managed to get lessons and it just sort of started there. Um, I, I wasn't very good at the time. I must admit, I did not. I didn't get into university uh, having applied to study jazz at university and, and wanting to do that. I wasn't technically sufficient like, enough. So I went back after, you, um, after boarding school to college to study the foundations. And then I went to university and now I'm at the other side of the degree. So it was a strange one. I was just uh, persistent. I persevered and I worked hard at it and um, but yeah, no, no actual official foundation in music. Just, I, I feel like I winged it really at the other, at the other side of it, <laughs> but, uh, it was a great experience. Jazz is a good fit then, right? <laughs> it's a great <laughs> fit, you know, <laughs> yeah. For winging it and for improvisation and, right, right. and, and using the ears, uh, it's great. But love, Berkeley, uh, a couple of my, my friends went to Berkeley from, oh really? from Christ Hospital, yeah, the boarding school I was at. So I know how hardcore they are there. It oh sounds gosh. very, yes, very incredible. So your wife must be excellent. She is, she is very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, uh, it, I, it's funny because they all, so we, we have like a community of friends over there and there's like MIT and then you have Harvard and then Berkeley, right? They're all kind of in the same area. Um, incredible. And a lot of the time, like, <laughs> the the harvard students are just like you know it would, like berkeley sometimes sounds a lot harder than like what we do at harvard because <laughs> like <laughs> they're just so hardcore like a lot of the credits they have to take and just like the work they have to put in is is pretty insane especially in the first few years i think i think berkeley can sometimes be a lot harder than than harvard which is kind of funny <laughs> it's ex it's extreme i think our equivalent of the the type of um education is is probably the royal academy of music here in, in right. the UK, yeah, um, Trinity College of Music as well. They're pretty, pretty similar, I hear. But but the the kinds of musicians that Berkeley breeds are the world's best, really. I would say. I mean, especially in yeah. jazz, oh, you yeah, get all the jazz, greats. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> incredible. So that's great. I can't wait to look 
Uh, I look forward to hearing some of your wife's music. <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice. Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> I, I actually played drums in a jazz band in, in high school. Um, oh, it's all coming yeah. out now, Jacob. I know. It's all coming out. Oh, look out. at this connection. It's just so fun. <laughs> I love yeah. I love I love playing jazz. It's just you can just play it for hours and just like you just sit there. It's just it's great. Yeah, I love it a lot. But, yeah. Yeah, well it's it's a beautiful music. Um and it's definitely obviously something I studied. Right now I I still play music. I play in a with with an artist called St. Lundy. Mm. Uh which uh which is fantastic it's not jazz but great he's a great friend of mine and so it keeps me on my feet with the piano and uh it's a good like i said it's 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 nice to have something to balance out um my drive for magic you know so right, i don't right. go and say so you know, it's nice to, yeah exactly yeah we've all been there yeah. and actually funnily enough come to think of it look quite a few um of my friends uh, even Andrew, you mentioned he he uh, he plays jack uh, jazz saxophone. What? So I know. <laughs> so it's like quite a few magicians are musicians. You know, yeah. Uh, Max Max Somerset, he's a fantastic musician and an incredible magician. Mm. Um, f- for those of you, Jumbo comes to mind as well. Well, exactly. He can play the guitar beautifully. Like you know, it is interesting to see how um you know how many people do jason the same, LaDanier, same jason ladania as well plays yeah piano. goodness of course and piano i think he plays yeah. blues piano as well so there we go it's it's there must be a reason there, there must really be must be a connection because i've 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 met yeah. a lot of magicians now that also play an instrument it's actually kind of crazy yeah there must be a connection i think it's the the determination that the similar mm. um connections with how we practice you know and True. how we stick at something and 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 you know and and repetition of, of, right. of a move or of a movement. technique like scales as well and you know there's there's so many crossovers um i should imagine it's similar with sports if we i'm not particularly into sport but i can imagine i know for example ben Earl uh, was a was a sport fanatic i think at one point he mentioned he played rugby or, or something and he draws crossovers between the kinds of things he'd do in terms of movement and psychology with magic as well. So it is fascinating. I think someone should pick that apart and understand, you know, why they go so well hand in hand and Mm -hmm. what that actually is. But um, I guess one thing as well, it's just like motor functions, right? Like (laughs) just like when the, the skill that you need to, I don't know, do a really good pinky count, right? And just know you have 10 cards in a pinky count. Yeah, uh, at least in like you know, with piano and guitar, it's kind of sim- you need the same sort of sensitivity. Control. Yeah, sensitivity yeah. to your fingers and so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I must get back on that actually. Pinky counting. <laughs> <laughs> I had had Andrew Frost uh, give me. Oh, I had Andy whatever Frosty. I don't know what to call him anymore after I've heard all his nicknames. <laughs> but, slightly obsessed. <laughs> yeah, slightly obsessed. Yeah, he uses, he uses his business name only. <laughs> uh but, he's great he's yeah great. We, he, he we did like a little double li- now i've got i'm actually pulling out a deck of cards i don't know what i'm doing um <laughs> we, we um <laughs> yeah we, we did like a little tutorial for the inner circle um of just like uh, a good double lift basically and he got oh, me started lovely. on some good methods for the pinky count and since then i've just been playing around with it it's quite just fun. been playing around yeah he's yeah. he's exceptional at technique and yeah. His thoughts on practice and approaching practice is are great as well. It's really cool. Yeah, there you go. yeah. So he's actually uh, we we used to live together for quite a while. I'm sure mm-hmm. you might have. In fact, you 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 knew that because we spoke about this previously. Yeah. Um, but he's soon moved. I think it was about two weeks ago he moved out and he's moved into this beautiful place. Yeah, near the Dallas. river. Jeez, oh, me too. It's so gorgeous. I managed to I had the pleasure of seeing him there once, and it's just lovely. He's got such a nice view. Yeah. Oh, really but does. but yeah, great, great technician and magician. Really, really cool. Yeah, I didn't think about that because obviously he did design and technology, and so that mm. kind of makes sense that he has that kind of like design mind for like technical card work. Huh. Yes, that's right. There you go. And uh, you, you've inspired me to pick up a deck as well, so I'm fiddling now. Yeah, so me too. I'm just, I'm just doing a pinky count <laughs> <my> over and over. 
I'll I'll train my pink account whilst we chat. Yeah, it's a nice quiet one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I mean, uh, that was okay. So I'm interested. Okay, so you do jazz piano, right? You start doing it professional. You start doing gigs, right, in university. Yes. During that time. So when does the transition go from? So. I'm just like, what happens afterwards, I guess? That's quite a big question. Well, it's like 10 years to fill maybe, but <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's sort of a, a strange one for me because I, I was quite late to the party in terms of going to conventions, like magic conventions. Uh, I didn't really know they existed. I just, I did magic. I guess I, I bought magic from Davenport's magic shop when I was around that age uh, and whilst it was still open. And that was my kind of, entry to magic or connection with you know buying a new book and learning something new and but when it comes to creating which is where I see myself now predominantly doing a lot of creating and releasing work I I just made an assumption for a long period of time that every single magician did the same thing you know so had Mm. a had a problem or a thought or a trick they wanted to do and then came up with a solution to do it I didn't realize it was just predominantly led by buying and selling magic in terms of the industry, you know, as a whole. So I was quite surprised when I first went to a convention and, you know, showed someone my stuff that people were, you know, taken aback. And, you know, I mean, that's how it all started, really, uh, meeting uh, Josh, Andy and George from the Vanishing Ink stand uh, a couple, well, now three years ago, uh, in terms of transitioning from just a performer to, to a creator or even understanding that that was a viable career path for me if that makes sense mm. it's interesting does that make sense Did yeah that, that, that makes sense yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah i think that is i just a, sorry i just yeah, made the assumption uh, i just made the assumption that every magician created their own material is what i i that was a long-winded way of saying that i just i thought it was a normal thing for everyone to create their own gimmicks, their own material. And I was just quite shocked to see it. <laughs> well, it's probably, it's very good for you, honestly, that you thought that it probably gave you a bit of a head yeah. start on creation. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, and a lot of people do, that's not to say they don't. It's just, I just thought that was the norm, you know? And so it was a real right. shock to me to realize that that was a, a career path, like a, a new thing that I could put my attention to and actually a, a viable one, you know, mm. to actually, because I'm now doing magic full time. So it's, it's lovely to arrive at a place, uh, you know, that I never knew I, I'd be in three years ago. So mm. really cool. Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting one, right? Because I, I feel quite similarly when I talk to people about what I do for work, they're like, I don't think many people know that that really exists <laughs> unless you've like touched that yeah. niche a little bit before, you know, it's like, and most people know about magic kits or, you know, that, you know, you can buy a, maybe a trick deck of cards or, you know, whatever. But I d- yeah. don't think, like you said, that many people are aware that there's like a whole community of selling magic to magicians. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and it wasn't, you know, I didn't, didn't realize that, you know, I wasn't ever setting out to create magic, to sell magic. I was creating magic first and foremost for myself to achieve, you know, a certain effect or work on a certain premise and, and all sorts. So it was quite refreshing to have that new, that new goal in mind, you know, to, to see what people like and to see how to improve existing things or problem solve in different areas. And, and then I'm, I'm just loving it. I just think it's, it's been a, a really interesting journey so far. And, so, uh, yeah. I mean, so were you like entirely self-taught then? Like, how did you like? Uh, <laughs> it was pre- pretty, pretty much from from books initially from from Davenport. Um, I made friends with the people who were demonstrating there. In fact, one of them, mm. his name's Kevin, um, Kevin Tasker. He used to work behind the 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 desk at Davenport's. You know, he's demonstrating back in the days when they used to demonstrate everything. Um, and I, I made friends with him and he, he finished in magic or he did much less of it. And he, he mm. kindly sold a lot of his magic to me, which was pretty much everything in Davenport's I obtained at one point or another. Um, so that was my library. That was where I learned most of the stuff initially. And, um, and then from that point forth, I was just creating, um, I was just 
making up my own stuff and finding new ways to do things and that was possibly that that is the crossover that's the improvisation element that we were talking about in jazz applied to magic um, yeah it's interesting when you when you say that because it reminds me of like a lot of the time Benji and I will refer to kind of improvisation with the mem deck as jazzing and it wasn't us that coined the term I think it was Aronson I'm, okay, I'm probably wrong on that I could be wrong but I, I know I think in one of his books he talks about like jazzing as a substitute for yeah. improvisation and that's honestly one of the reasons I love mem deck work so much is because it's so improvisational I mean like a it lot is. of the time yeah. I'll just start a routine by like oh like what's your favorite card <laughs> and then yeah exactly you just you know because you with the mem deck it's so versatile in that in that way where you can just kind of play around with it however you want and with any deck of cards right once you get good enough <laughs> and, and, and with you and with you practicing your pinky count you could do <laughs> miracles mate <laughs> yeah, exactly it's <laughs> always the card on top <laughs> 24 <know>. card <laughs> turnover <laughs> oh that's so brilliant but yeah no it is it's very improvisational and i think a lot of magicians i like to to watch uh, employ improvisation um and I guess I'm interested. Well, I'm I'm very interested in doing that myself in in how I perform as well. So there's not. I mean, everyone I can think of in my friend group improvises quite 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 well. Ollie's very good at it. As Ollie Meeling, I'm good friends with Ollie Meeling. He's he loves going into a trick with absolutely no idea how he's going to come out the other side, <laughs> and he always does. And he comes out with flying colours. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's crazy to me. Like Benji and I were talking about this the other day. We were like, where something's gone wrong, <laughs> but you yeah. just you just hope it won't go completely wrong. Like for instance, yeah. like oftentimes we'll use the Chang. Well, at least for first place we saw it with with Chang Canister, where he does that force yeah. with four cards, and he just says like mm. point to a card, and seventy mm. percent of the time they'll point to the card uh, one in from the right right um but 30 percent of the time it doesn't work and then at that point pretty much what you've got to do is kind of say hope that they pick every other card but their card <laughs> and it's insane <laughs> to me how many times i've got that to work it, it genuinely blows my mind every time i'm like how how can they be this like at a certain point it's like am i just lucky or is this like some sort of thing <laughs> it's uh, a secret power yeah. It's funny, yeah, it's funny how frequently these things line up. And I do think it's down to experience and you do gain sensitivity for even if you might not be able to explain how you're doing it, your willpower somehow makes it work. And yeah, if you break down the willpower aspect, it could be micro signals and there could be so many real feel, things happening yeah. that you can't that you don't understand, but you do know just that will work just based on yeah. experience, yeah, you just, know, and it will eventually, they'll eventually pick their card completely of their own volition, even though it, they don't have any reason to. <laughs> it's very surprising how good you can get at those things. Um, especially, um, I mean, I, I love things like the cl classic force um, and so psychological stop force, timing yeah, forces, things like so, that. I love that Danny Daughters work on that. It's so fun. Yeah. Incredible. But I mean, it's a good example to say that you know what if you look at it from the outside you'd you'd assume that it wouldn't work you know it just wouldn't work all of the time but you do get to a point where it does it just does uh so so there is something to be to grasp you know in getting good at that and i think it just happens through repetition and just understanding the beats that occur more frequently and and there are little subtle techniques you can employ within those things. And it's just amazing how something so conceptually um, risky can be so foolproof, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I think it's interesting, like, even the one where, like, where you just put their chosen card in, like, the eighth position. <laughs> or, mm. or, you know, eight, around eight, seven, nine, you know, and, like, mm. just go through the cards. And the amount of times, like you said, it's just they do just like stop you there. <laughs> it's just kind of like, yeah. I, I remember I watched like an Azzy Wind performance where he just like, or oh, I know it's, I think it's actually pronounced Assy Wind, but that always just sounds so. <laughs> I don't, sorry, no offense <laughs> to him, but every time I say it, I'm like, that can't be the actual pronunciation, but probably is. Um, but I, 
your guess is as good as mine. I, yeah. I've been saying Assi. I hope that's correct. Yeah. Or Assi. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not sure. I'm not sure either. Um, but yeah, I remember like I, I watched one of his performances, and I, I'm pretty certain that he literally just did like five classic forces in a row, <laughs> and I'm just like. <laughs> how like the confidence <laughs> to just oh, like mate, classic brilliant. force five guards i'm just like okay fair enough yeah fair enough i must but... say i'm quite a sucker for that i mean i do love the classic force um yeah i would take those risks too i would imagine um, yeah. love them i just love it too much i think it's bu- brilliant brilliant way to to get a card into someone's hand or five cards <laughs> it's just so mind-blowing like, I remember the first time Benji showed me a Classic Force because I didn't know, because we've been doing magic together for ages, like, since we were, like, 10 or 11. And wow, I remember the first... so nice. Yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I remember the first time he did a Classic Force on me, I was just so mind-blown and, and so mad as well. Because, <laughs> like, the amount of times he made me stop on my card, it just... It made me so angry. Because, you know, I, I don't know, you probably... You, you know the routines, right, where it's just, like, they just keep stopping on their card you know and you do yeah. have a classic force in multiple ways like timing you know like yeah just dealing through the deck just all that stuff right and then if you combine it obviously with forces as well then it starts to become even more aggravating <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm not sure that's you know. the end goal of what what i yeah. want to achieve but <laughs> it is very fun when you're amongst magicians especially right. and you're practicing yeah, exactly. on each other not 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 so much on lady but when it was just benji <laughs> and i practicing on each other it would make me so mad <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful, though. And uh, it's quite nice to hear that you guys um, grew up doing magic together. That's cool. I interrupt this podcast to give a brief shout out to our website, thedailymagician.com. If you haven't already signed up for our daily emails that will give you great content just like this podcast, please head over there and sign up now. That's thedailymagician.com. We promise that we won't disappoint you. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I feel it's quite lucky in that way because oftentimes when I speak to magicians, it sometimes can be quite an isolating um, yeah i never had that yeah i never had that like i say i came to it very late with regards to like knowing that conventions existed and there were i just there is someone actually that that i did meet at the uh having seen an advert for the magic circle centenary celebrations which i think was in 2005 um so back then um my parents kindly bought me a ticket to the to the convention and I met a guy there called Bobby Bernard mm. and we we got talking he he was a um he's not with us anymore but he he was a fantastic magician uh coin magician especially uh of his era and I met him there and he I I then learned that he lived in Kilburn very very close to where I was so we we kept in touch so he was actually my mentor for a couple of years and yeah from that point so other than having that connection and and the odd convention at a later date I didn't really have you know I didn't really have uh friends to to practice with or you know that all came much later like much later Hmm. so it's nice to hear that you had someone to you know engage you with magic and yeah to practice on each other encourage each other because it does help to have still does still much better than than i am frustratingly but (laughs) it's okay (laughs) oh mate it's brilliant that's lovely yeah but it does make me realize how important it is to have a community of of friends around you that yeah share your interests and help keep you on track and also like you say to inspire you and and to be better than you uh, are right yeah it's good to throw yourself in exactly i'd say i'd say if you're in a room full of people who are better than you you're in the right place definitely right yeah definitely yeah andy actually gave some good advice on that he said like it was interesting because he's like don't a lot of the times we want to throw ourselves into a circle that already exists you know it's like oh like i don't know Mm. people may be listening but oh wow like they live together like that sounds amazing you know like i'd love to be in like part of like a community like that you know but I, yeah. I like I liked what Andy said. He said, just like, make your own, you know, like <laughs> find your own circle of magicians, you know, find your own circle of people that are better than you. Because like there's constantly, there's so many young and upcoming or even older <laughs> and practicing magicians that are just so good that, you know, you mm. don't, that you can learn from. You don't have to, you don't have to become best friends with Juan Tamaris to have, <laughs> you know, 
a circle of magicians around you that will help you improve and get better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, great. Um, so continue. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell me. Right. So, so you you get scouted basically by banishing income, assuming. So you like went and talked to them. How how does this come into like your, you know, obviously now we know level one is like one of the most one of the best selling like tricks of all time on managing ink from what I can see. Yeah, absolutely. I was very fortunate. I I did not expect it. Um, Echoing what I was saying before, I just had some of my magic with me at the convention. I was very, I felt out of place, you know, just trying to talk to people. And uh, I just was a bit, you know, apprehensive. But a, a friend, Stephen Long and Andrew, actually, both encouraged me to go and show, um, josh uh, and andy the level one you know so that's how it started they were like go on go on you can do it oh, wow. <laughs> and i was like okay um and then that was it they 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 started to unravel some of the stuff i was had with me and, and then negotiate some terms and suggest that it was a good good solution or a viable route to take to release the material to the community so that was my first introduction to it all and then of course, next thing I know, I'm on Blackpool stand selling it and having a great time. So, yeah, you just never know. Really, opportunities are always there. You just, you just uh, have to have to take them. And uh, it was that. It was just thanks to Stephen and Andrew for pushing me forward to do that. Because I, I just, like I said, I never had that intention of of selling magic. I just didn't. I didn't realize that was a thing. I just didn't realize it until it happens so I, I think andy and josh are really good at that like i remember when we spoke to them on the podcast they're always looking for like young and new talent they're very open to just finding people that are good and accepting yeah. them and helping them grow yeah they're, they're amazing I, I think they've done a lot for magic um with you know the masterclass series they're doing and just every kind of convention that they've organized or been a part of um they're always trying to think of better ways to bring magic to people so Mm. i think it's great and uh yeah they're the perfect people to approach um they're they're very open they are yeah and it's a pleasure to work with them as well it's great you know it's it's funny i was thinking i I had this written down and i was remembering as we were talking about it i you should know that level one is actually maybe the first trick that i ever saw from like because myself i didn't really know how i didn't realize how big (laughs) the magic scene was like as a kid i pretty much just used like youtube occasionally (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh and then like every now and then you know maybe i'd buy something from my parents would give me like a different magic kit with different stuff in it to play around with and then i had a few books like old hand-me-down books i found at like bookshops and stuff like that and so that's nice yeah it's it when i actually like yourself when i actually like was like oh like there's like what's this company illusionist and like what's this company <laughs> yeah. Inc. And, like, well exactly like, yeah. wow and actually level one was literally that's actually probably the first trick i ever saw that i was like oh, that's amazing i was like i don't know i had no oh. idea how it was done <laughs> and it really like inspired <laughs> me so there you go yeah, that that's amazing <laughs> mate thank you to uh Thanks for, for mentioning that. And I'm happy to hear. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny how, um, yeah, I was just, I was just so surprised that people were, that people liked it. Do you know what I mean? I'd just been right. doing it for so long, <laughs> working at it, chipping away at it with no intention of releasing it to, to the community. And then suddenly it took off and I was just, honestly, I really didn't expect it to take off the way it did. And it just, cha- it did actually change change my career path you know so it was it was a very special it's a a special beginning for me to a work with vanishing ink and b to release something like level one Uh, and it's the first of many as well i've I've got plenty of things that i'm always working at um you know behind the scenes to bring to the community and it's it's just the beginning (laughs) yeah and tell me so i'm interested how how does your creative process work then? Because I mean, you've created some really innovative, like effects. I mean, it kind of seems mm. like you kind of did it almost without knowing that you were doing it. You just work in, at least from what well, I've heard. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so, so honestly, it was it was always 
so like I've said, it was always for, for me first, you know, it was always to find right. and the effect that I wanted to be doing, you know, and something that worked practically for me. So it was, you know, to, for the betterment of my own magic, um, coming up with the things that I, I give my attention to was always with the goal in mind of, of performing them. So, yeah, it was just, it was just a case of having a backlog of lots of things that I'd been working on within different, different types of effects within carved magic. Uh, and then, and then just share it, starting to share them and realize that there's a platform for it. Um, you've mentioned already that I have a membership and that's basically where I funnel a lot of my, uh, tricks at the moment I'm giving away to my members for, uh, for the years to come, you know, that's going to be a really important part of, um, you know, a platform to share, sh share my work. It's called magic monthly. Um, if anyone's interested, <laughs> you can find it from, from my Instagram. I've got a link on my Instagram. Yeah. And it's, it's really good stuff. I mean, I, you, you were kind enough to give me a, a login when you first launched it. Um, great have you managed to have a look at it yeah i've had, I've had a look at some of the stuff it's, it's i like it I, I i personally i i used magic books like when i first started magic <laughs> but since mm. i've been able to do it with video i don't know why but i just find it so much easier i don't know why i, I i'm the sort of person See. that that takes a while to to really grasp a trick like i, I i'm the sort of person that fools myself while i'm doing it and i have no idea how it's happening <laughs> and i have to like <laughs> do it over and over and over again so i find like combination of like written and video training just super super helpful it's so. a great medium i think learning by being able to see something in action and to understand the rhythm and the beat of said thing or the timing or even the language used i think there's a lot to learn from each other so it is a good route to take to learn from video it's it's i think the best way is to learn in person with someone one-on-one -on -one, like right. in real life yeah. the second best i think is is video now for for this generation uh, and books are a, a bit more hard i think for for people to bring to life you know to bring the magic to life but of course they are fantastic you get all the wonderful knowledge from generations past like in these in these books so that's but yeah um video for me as well i think is a great medium and the more I do it, the, the more I enjoy it. Um, mm. Yeah. So I'm interested. So, I mean, you, so what is, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty like interesting question, but it's kind of like asking an author, like what's their favorite type of book, but what, what for you, like what's your favorite type of magic to create and, and, and perform? Predominantly um, it's card magic. I'm, I'm obsessed with cards and I, I, I sort of in it for the long game, I think. Um, it's it's looking at existing effects and seeing if there are any ways to improve them um and that's never going to be a a process that reaches a finish line it's always going to continue to you know that's that's the joy of it is working at these things um but yeah predominantly card magic um i'm i'm obsessed with it i can't i can't exit that it's 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 sort of i'm stuck in it <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's grasped you it's like it's kind of like it's, grasped you. Yeah. it's like it's like uh i think it's a david blaine quote where he says like magic you don't get into magic it gets into you it's kind of that vibe <laughs> maybe for you yeah <laughs> it's the sort of thing that at some point it starts to pull you 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 don't have to stop you know continue to push it you're just you're you're pulled by it you don't wake up thinking oh i've got to practice today you, you can't help but practice because you're in it you know it's pulling you mm. into it into it so um yeah to a very short answer to your question it's it's card magic predominantly where where my heart is mm. what what is it then about card magic that makes you so well, i mean just about magic in general like what what's the point i guess for you is there a point does there need to be one <laughs> but like what why magic yeah um it's a great great one i think i think it's it's the tool, when I talk about carbon, it's the tool, but the, the real thing is with, with the people around you that you get to share the magic with. So I think at the end of the day, it's just the tool I've picked. It's like saying, you know, I decided to learn the piano and play the piano versus 
picking up the drums or the trumpet or whatever um because there's it's a never-ending thing to explore i've focused on that that tool and then um and then it's uh, it's an experience like magic is just it's it's about creating those effects to share with people and to give those nice moments of wonder and surprise and things like that um so for me i do magic ultimately for uh, giving it you know to the people be it you know method to magicians or performing magic to to lay people um and yeah it's i hope that answers the question <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm just interested so what what place then because i mean I, I don't know if magic's kind of always been a little bit like on the edge or i, I don't know like I'm, my primary magic history isn't good enough um to answer that question but i'm just wondering like what you know with a lot of like the rise of like cgi and like how easy it is to like make cameras or recordings or whatever or like simulate magic or like what mm. what what place do you think magic has in like this is a very big question so don't <laughs> but like what, what place do you think like magic has in like like modern day society oh i just think fundamentally it's it's to bring a bit of joy and i think you know there's a big place for it uh, we 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 need that now more than ever i think so <laughs> um yeah that's mm. it that's no, i like answer. it yeah don't take we it too seriously it. it's just it's, don't take it's, it too seriously yeah. exactly it it just is a bit is of relief and yeah it is what it is and it's beautiful you know it's a beautiful thing to explore and to and to share mm. cool so yeah i'm interested then so i'm still trying to like piece this together in my head so okay so you you're doing jazz piano right you come out <laughs> you find vanishing ink you start producing with vanishing ink and then from that place now you've come into making your own membership would that be a bit of the journey what what were you were you work, always working on magic full-time or did you kind of have a job in jazz piano like where where did the i'm just trying to grasp it in my head like the the timeline <laughs> yeah no i so i was at university studying till the age of about 24 when i left and i was doing uh function gigs and weddings and things like that um also doing table hopping and um, wedding, mainly wedding magic, you know, uh, close-up right. magic at weddings. Cool. Improving mm -hmm. magic that I would perform at these events. Uh, and then, of course, having done that for a long time, I, I went to my first convention and enjoyed it, met some friends, made, made some friends at these conventions. Uh, and then, and then of course, met Andy and Josh and started showing them some of my stuff and it was well received. And that was how that began. So for the last three years, um, I've been pretty much focused on creating magic, uh, both with Vanishing Inc and, and some with uh, other companies as well. Uh, I'm starting to branch out a little bit now, but um, mm. that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, my mm. membership is my full-time job at the moment it's what right. i i love doing day to day um preparing content think about new ways to um add value to the membership uh so i guess we could talk about that for a little while if you're up for it oh yeah always please <laughs> um so yeah for the, for the membership i i i have a subscribers who pay 10 pounds a month uh and they i i put two tricks in each month and within each trick um, it might have method in, in technique or, or principle, uh, which I explore. Um, and then I just, uh, I, I share a full performance and then I break down the effect and everything that you need to do it to perform it, what you need and how you need to set it up and so on and so forth. So each month, um, for the price of a coffee, pretty much you get, uh, two of my, my favorite tricks, um, within card magic um one at the beginning of the month and one in the middle of the month um and yeah it's been it's been a really nice uh, thing to start i've got i've got nine effects in there so far because i've only been running it for a few months so when people join they have access to everything it's a bit like netflix you, you come in and you have access to everything 
during the the uh, period of, of the membership. Um, and I'm yeah, I'm thinking of new ways of adding different sections to make it easier for people to learn. So, for example, I'll be adding a slight section where I break down and give close up camera angles on some of the more technical aspects of what people might be interested in learning. And then I also um, am going to be adding an analysis section um, in, down the line in a few months. It will be basically looking at a performance and saying what I liked and didn't like about it and what I would change and how to analyze and be quite constructive uh, you know, at, at saying, how can we improve this? Or what is it, where is the room for improvement? Because of course, there's always room for that. And maybe maybe just a way of creating a bit more of a discussion about uh, about it. You know, looking at the weaknesses and 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 learning how to turn them into strengths and things like that. Yeah, and also I think Christian might not want to say this himself, but uh, unfortunately the, the reviews did get deleted recently. But he had a, a I think it was like what like a hundred and fifty like close to like five star reviews that you had on it we, so that's pretty good uh, it, <laughs> it, it was it was amazing i was so humbled i i had just reached 200 five star reviews wow. and yeah and gumroad the platform there was a glitch of sorts that basically made all the reviews redundant so we went back to square one and my members kindly are starting to re uh, re-rate it slowly so it's climbing back up but uh, yeah, no, Gumroad, the platform was extremely uh, apologetic and they, they gave me a year's free uh, membership to some other thing on their platform. So I was very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, but of course, course yeah, not, not the, the best thing to happen. My, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> I was so happy like building, those of you will know when you're building something so precious and personal and it's, and it's going so well, uh, something like that is a, is a real knockback on the old... <laughs> the whole thing was just a yeah. bit like oh no what's going on but anyway it's all functioning perfectly now and there's no issues as far as I know I've, I'm, I'm very good at um, communicating with members if they've got any questions and things like that so I'm always here and giving it my attention mm. and the reason I brought that up was not to rub salt in the wound but rather to say <laughs> uh, that that's a lot of good good reviews and I, I add my own yeah. review to that so hopefully people will go check it out. Um, if, if you do it, Google Christian's name, I would just add, add Christian Grace Magician. Because if you search Christian right. Grace, you'll end up with a lot of Christian websites that's talking about Grace <laughs> rather than, than, than who yeah. you're looking for. <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. My parents um, having named me Christian and my name being Christian Grace. I think I was probably, I was in church at the age of five when the, uh the the vicar said may everyone leave with christian grace and my parents were like what no <laughs> you know and they, they only just only clicked just then that they had it was such a religious name but yeah i've had that quite a lot people have found themselves onto um you know religious websites you know to try and look for the magic but it's it's yeah. funny if you type in christian type grace magic. magic it's a different type of magic um but of course if you go onto my um my Instagram, which is at Christian Grace Magic, all one word. Uh, there's a link in that bio, um, which takes you to a description of the membership, and that's where you can sign up as well. Uh, and I believe, actually, Jacob, you're going to be sharing um, yep. information on it as well, which which we've put together some additional things that we can offer your subscribers. So if, yeah. if anyone's really interested in card magic and has a passion and drive for learning new uh, magic, then I would love for you to check it out. And of course, this is how we can grow together as a community. And it's, it's yeah. a real pleasure. So as this podcast comes out, you should know that just wait. Maybe, I mean, actually, don't wait. If you, if you want to get it right now, <laughs> don't forget. Just go do it. Go go look for it. Go go sign up. But if you do, if you did want to wait a few days, um, you'll, you'll get yourself a nice little, little bonus, um, little daily magician bonus on, on top of your subscription. Um, so that, that'll, be, that'll be coming up soon fantastic yeah now i look forward to that we've sorted that out i've got a very interesting um control that i've shared with jacob so i hope you guys enjoy that <laughs> yeah yeah well i think we might be hitting around that hour mark um yeah i, it, I, I did not even get through half of my questions 
So uh, that's good. I think that's a good sign. <laughs> we had a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to chat. I think, um, you know, um, the, the weather is very influenced, you know, has a big influence on my mood <laughs> and it's been a very great day. So having not practiced doing a podcast before and having mm -hmm. been surrounded by wet grayness, I hope I have been <laughs> I hope I've been cheery for you on 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 this podcast. Honestly, Christian, uh, I was talking about with Benji yesterday. Uh, oh, he 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 passes his hello to you, by the way. I pass uh, it back. Send yeah. it back. Send it back. Yeah, I will. And he said, um, he says like he's in Macedonia right now and he's working with a lot of Americans. And he's like, yeah. when, when they meet me, I kind of feel bad because they're probably expecting somebody like Christian, who's just just like perfect perfect example of like British gentleman. And then they get us <laughs> instead. So yeah, you, you, you've, no. been, you've been delightful. It's been it's been it's been it's been delightful. Thank you very much. Chris. Oh, it's been been a pleasure <laughs> to be here and to, to casually chat about things and uh, and to tell tell your listeners a, a little bit about what what I'm doing and what what mm -hmm. what I'm about and stuff. So that's that's great. So thank you for giving me the, the opportunity to oh, thank you to do this. It's been lovely. You're great. Yeah. Okay. Well, if people want to reach out to you. Uh, Magic Monthly, obviously you've got your Instagram. Is there anywhere else people should go if they want to want to chat with you? Um, mainly, that's it, actually. I run everything from Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. So just message me on Instagram if you like, or, you know, follow me and, 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 and I'll get back to you. I, I'm, I'm quite good at that. I spend a couple of hours each day making sure I get back to absolutely everyone. So mm -hmm. I'm definitely accessible. And that's something I love about the Magic community as a whole. You know, um, in no other realm do you see people being able to reach out and talk to, uh, you know, the very best people within right. that community. So, for example, I could send an, a message to David Williamson and he'd get back to me, you know, and he's one of my favorite magicians. Yeah. Whereas if, if I imagine myself being an actor and I try to reach out to Anthony Hopkins or something, it might not be the same sort of a thing. So yeah. it makes me... It gives me great comfort to realize that we're such a small community and it's it's definitely uh, part of the pleasure being able to talk to each other and improve the whole the whole of magic with each other you know this is our generation of magic so we should we should embrace it and work harder making it better for the next one <laughs> yeah and that's how we do it we converse and we work hard so it's good. Well, that's honestly a very positive note. Don't want to add anything. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Christian. Thanks, mate. Thank you for your time as well. well it's been cool. a pleasure. We're well, downloading podcasts there. <laughs> All right, mate. All right, cool.